0: I'm Jess,
1: and I'm George,
0: and this is Trans
1: a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the other life that goes on. It does go on, but otherwise we wouldn't be talking.
0: It's it's life. Mm-hmm. It is not death.
1: No, and it, that's kind but it of is an, almost Halloween.
0: <laughs> it is almost Halloween, but there's still no death. Right, And there are also no trans women on our show, at least not recently.
1: I don't understand you.
0: Because there was a tweet recently that said that we were a show about women who died just for being themselves.
1: Oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs>
0: I was just as confused as you were. Yeah. I was looking at it like, wait, what? Are you sure you got the right people?
1: I am sure they do not have the right people.
0: I am also sure that they do not have the right people, but I figured it was worth addressing that before we jumped into our actual topic. Just in case that tweet sent any listeners our way. We're just a couple of queers.
1: And we are not talking about death.
0: We are neither talking about death, nor true crime, nor for... Over 99% of our show about trans women.
1: Right. You're correct.
0: Well, over 90%. They've okay. probably made it into our discussions here and there.
1: You, you want to go for 89.7 or what do you want to do? Here? Sure. Okay. Absolutely.
0: 89.7. I okay. like that number. There you go. Sounds like a radio station.
1: Oh, I thought it was something Spock would say. I guess I didn't put enough digits in there.
0: So we're not talking about death. We are not talking about trans tragedy tropes because our life is not a trans tragedy. I actually just had a really nice dinner with two small humans that live live in in our house. house. Like they were both behaving at dinner and it was kind of wild. And I took them out for sushi and they were behaving and it was kind of wild.
1: Yeah. I'm, I don't know what to say. I, I better well, say that's something. The thing, but... You
0: already had said something because you were telling him off on the phone before I got home. And this has been a thing lately. He needs to have those boundaries set for him. He will push and push until he hits your boundary. But once you push back and say, no, Stop then he will stop. And then he is like a completely different kid.
1: Well, he was very responsive to it. Um, he was doing one of his, I'm mad at you because you're not giving me what I want. So I'm going to say, bye, 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 and hang up on you. And uh, and then when he called back later to tell me he had finished his homework and sounded like as even keeled as he gets. Mm-hmm. And I said, great, that's great. Um, but uh, just for a second, let's rewind and uh, talk about what happened when you called me last time. And he He says, well, I wasn't trying to, um, I wasn't trying to, I was just, I couldn't hear you. And so I was saying, bye, bye, bye. And I said, no, no, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Here's what happened. You were getting frustrated with me and, and angry. And so you were yelling at me and then you hung up. And I understand you were frustrated. So when you're frustrated, it's okay to say, I'm too frustrated to talk. I'm getting off the phone rather than yelling at me. And hanging up.
0: But it's interesting because he responded in the way like he was trying to solve the problem. And but when he you also, pointed out that here's the better way to solve the problem. He was receptive to it. He wasn't just being a
1: jerk. He was receptive because he seemed relieved. Mm-hmm. like Because he knew he was wrong. Yeah. But he didn't want to be wrong because now he wasn't mad at me. And he, he seemed relieved that there was a solution that didn't have to do with him lying.
0: That's totally amazing.
1: It is. And I was glad he was relieved.
0: Because a lot of kids in that situation would still be so stuck on saving face from the lie mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be receptive to any other solution. But the fact that he was willing to like just go there with you when you were like, nope, you're wrong, but here's how you fix it. And he's like, oh, okay, I fix. Yeah. And that was great.
1: He's he's had, He's done, been able to do that a couple times lately.
0: Yeah. And he's hoping it continues because you guys are about to go back to scout camp. We are. Which went so well last time that you haven't done it in four years.
1: Correct. <laughs> I have avoided it like the plague.
0: Let's see. The following year, you told him he could go if he could get his toileting under control. The year after that, someone else said they would go with him while you were in the hospital.
1: No, I paid for it because someone else was going to go with him. I thought I would go if they didn't go, but I ended up in the hospital.
0: Right. And he didn't go anyway, because the other person was not reliable.
1: And then the next year, I wouldn't pay for it. Nope. Because I had already paid for one that nobody went to.
0: And so, year four, let's try again.
1: Well, now it's no longer Cub Scouts. True. It's Boy Scouts. Mm Mm-hmm. And Boy Scouts are expected to do most things on their own with some adult supervision. Slash guidance. (laughs) Yes. Depending on their ages.
0: Yes. And our child is in a group with primarily neurotypical students. They have dedicated disability-friendly troops that have modified activities and modified campouts and modified badge requirements and things like that. But he's not in one of these. He's in with a bunch of kids that are actually 12 or so.
1: Yes. But the adults that participate in making sure all these things happen Mm -hmm. for the kids They are aware of his limitations and they are very helpful in trying to adjust so he can stay in the troop.
0: Yes. You know,
1: that's a good example to the other troop members. Mm -hmm. It's good for them as well. Mm -hmm. It helps him feel like he's part of a regular group.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so they, they make good efforts on that front.
0: Yes, and that's good.
1: Like so, they're excited that this is the first time he's going on a camping trip. Now we did go to one that was just an overnight. Last we went, year to you one, went for the
0: day part of the it. The day yeah. part
1: of it. They they had gone for the overnight, and we went for the day because mm-hmm. I wouldn't stay overnight.
0: No, and I'm still concerned about a young man with toileting problems sleeping in a sleeping bag in a tent in cold weather at a campout. But
1: we'll I, see. I, you're looking at me and I look not concerned at all i nope, nope um
0: I'm more concerned about how miserable he'll make everyone else
1: i I don't know. What will happen with that? And if he has to, he can come and sleep by me. I think he'll be okay because they tend to go to bed later than they should and get up earlier than they should. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not earlier than they should, but earlier than...
0: He will spend less time in bed and therefore less time filling his pull-up. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, and he has had enough overnights at, at different friends' houses that he he knows how to manage the pull-up in the morning without it being an embarrassment to him or a problem for anyone. I'm there mostly to make sure he doesn't run amok, and he is less likely to run amok just because I am there, even if I am not doing much than making eye contact with him periodically.
0: This is what we call in teaching management by proximity. Mm -hmm. Just because you're nearby, just because you're in his line of sight or within earshot, he will (laughs) self-modulate.
1: About 90% more than he would if I wasn't there.
0: Correct.
1: Yeah, he tends to get, yeah, he wouldn't be invited back very fast. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So that's why he hasn't gone because most of the other boys can go by themselves Mm -hmm. with uh, parents that, you know, some parents go one time, some parents go another. So they need some adults. Yes. But they don't need very many. But you are one
0: of the ones who definitely needs to go.
1: But I have been told before, if he goes on any outings, I have to be there.
0: Or an adult needs to be there for him. Yes. Which right now is you and only you.
1: Well, it could be his, it could be other adults if we could send them, but, um, and especially for a camping trip.
0: So like I said, it's you and only you. Yes. (laughs) Other adults can care for him, but no other adults are going to go out to the middle of nowhere with him and sleep in the cold.
1: On the ground.
0: For fuck's sake.
1: I'm, I'm hoping that I've never been to this spot. It's on the way to other places we've been, but I'm hoping that the car can be close enough that I can go and put my sleeping pad in the car mm-hmm. because the floor of the car will still be softer than the ground. Yes. But I'm going to borrow my friend's sleeping pad that you, he uses for...
0: Inflatable sleeping pad. Yeah,
1: it's for, it's for backpacking. I have one somewhere, but it is not accessible, mm-hmm. as is a lot of other camping stuff. However, However, some things have really worked out. Yes. And uh, that's that have made it easier because the whole point of this is they're by a little lake where they can go fishing because it's it's for them to work on their fishing badge. Mm-hmm. And a guy that I've been working with uh, has fished in that lake lots over the years. And so uh, today he set up one of his umpteen number of fishing poles for me <laughs> to take with to the so the boys could go fishing. That's great. And uh, he showed me how to do all of it. Aw. Specifically. For fishing at that lake.
0: Oh, that's great! Like
1: for the fish that are there.
0: Mm-hmm. He has, that's totally. This awesome. guy
1: has a different tackle box for each type of fishing. Each if he's fishing for perch or if he's fishing for bass, he's got different tackle box.
0: That's kind of wild.
1: Yeah. So he made the boy a little kit and Aww. showed me the whole.
0: Our village gig. loves our boy. Yeah, yeah. That's totally great.
1: And the boy is very excited.
0: Oh, I bet. The yeah. boy was super excited to have fishing any place, anytime. He's always happy about fishing.
1: Yeah, but I learned some pretty cool things about how to set up the pole. Yeah. That I didn't know. Because I, I don't eat a lot of fish, so I don't buy myself fishing. And then there's this whole quiet and calm thing that it usually is supposed to go fishing with the fishing. That-
0: and- yeah, no. There's no quiet and calm. I'm I'm curious how our kids are going to do that. This is part of why our kid has rarely actually caught fishes. He's been fishing probably a 100 more times than the number of fish that he's actually
1: caught. He might have, yeah. There's this cool little bell thing you can clip onto the pole so if you're not paying attention, it jingles. Ah. You have to take it off before you start reeling the fish in though.
0: Oh, yeah. interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We'll see how that works. Mm-hmm. So the last time you took him camping, you were very newly transitioned and you were kind of marveling at the genderedness of everything. You were interested in the ways that, like, the moms who went were different from the dads who went. Mm-hmm. And the ways that moms interacted with moms and dads interacted with dads and the two groups interacted with each other. Mm-hmm. Are there any moms going this
1: time? I don't believe so. I believe there's a, a small handful of adults, and I think they're all dads. There may be a mom. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that most of them are dads. Okay. And we went to the meet, the scout meeting the other day. The, I talked to a couple of those dads who are going and we were discussing a couple of logistics. The moms tend to be less active in the Boy Scouts because as their kids get to be that age, they might be more involved in what their daughter's doing or, I mean, if they're, if they're a two parent family, one parent is doing one thing and one is doing the other. And the parents are, you know, with older kids, as their kids are getting older, less rattled as you get by toddlers and other smaller humans. Mm hmm. So they're, they're calmer and more settled and seem more, even more adult in their interacting than the Cub Scout parent group did. And mm-hmm. there's a big gap for me in between as far as the camping part goes. Right. You know, that was Cub Scouts and he had a couple more years of Cub Scouts before he got where he's at now. I can still see a lot of those gender things, but I think it's become harder for me to notice them. Like each thing is not brand new. I already live in that world and so it's much harder to sort out and it's certainly hard to describe.
0: When you were first learning to drive, you noticed every sign, every light, every lane, every other car. Now you can get from work to home and completely not remember any of it.
1: Correct. And be glad if you went the right way. (laughs) Because You, you were go attention.
0: on autopilot, yes. I, I have more than once gone on autopilot and ended up where I wasn't going because it was the autopilot way that I go for a commute. But yeah, so that's, that's your gender world now, six years mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. to manhood or to being perceived in your manhood-
1: Yes. So I I see the other parents just accept me into their group. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I recognize that we've talked about this thing before where as, as a guy, I don't go talking to women somewhere, even if I know them, um, unless I know them pretty well. You no. conversation
0: unless you have a good reason or a good relationship.
1: Right. You don't just chat with them. No. And at a scout meeting, you're not chatting. You're talking about specific things. Right. And the moms do tend to stand back a little mm-hmm. because they know that these boys are supposed to be doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. And the dads kind of stand there and wait. And then they usually do have someone organizing, like they had the boys all sit down at a, a table with benches and, and make their menu. Mm. And they had to, you know, say, all right, here's what you need to do. Here's your choices. Here's how many meals you need. And then they'd leave them for a few minutes and they boys would come up with a bunch of, you know, a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner and another breakfast or whatever it was. Right. And then they would say, all right, now you need to figure out how many people there'll be and what items you need from the store. And then they'd leave them alone for a little bit keeping an eye on them. Right. The guy who was doing it is one of the older guys who probably has been doing this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So he knows when to step in and when to step out Right. and you know, let them start sorting things out. So I know I can walk over to the group of dads and talk to them. Mm-hmm. If there's a group of moms, I don't walk over there. If there's one of the moms that I've known, like there's a couple of them I've known since Cub Scouts, and they will come over and and just talk to me, or I might go over and ask them a question. But otherwise, I'm. It's my understanding it is most socially acceptable for me to go over and talk to one of the men. Yes. So I still find myself looking at them in a way that in my head, I'm thinking, I wonder what they're expecting me to do right now.
0: Yeah, I can see how that would still be the case even after six years, like you're still encountering new situations. Whereas a cis guy would have the same conscious thought of, I wonder what they're expecting me to do now, because it's a new situation for a cis guy. You have that extra layer of, I wonder what they expect me to do now in this situation and as a man.
1: Yes. I'm in the dad role. What am I supposed to be doing? You're and, supposed and to my be brain has, My brain has a a fork in the road of understanding the male role and understanding the role at the thing I'm at which is scouts yes at that moment yeah so i do see that i can recognize in men that i talk to their more relaxed body posture and tone of voice ability to communicate directly with you you know there's no distractions as I, as i said way back when boobs are distracting yeah even if you're kind of a guy and have them. You know, they are.
0: Was in a meeting today that I I had to laugh because I was asked to take on a task and was said, you know, can you can you have this done by this time? And I said, well, I'm working on this other task that someone in your department had dropped the ball on, and so I'm picking up the the slack. And the male says, oh, well, thank you for helping him with that.
1: Oh. And I was like. Did you really? You just got like shoved in the lady corner there.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake!
1: <sighs> Whoa.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just needed to vent for
1: a second. Oh no, that just let it out.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing. It's boobs are distracting, and and people. Who are so ingrained, perpetual, pervasive sexism that a lot of people of our generation grew up with Mm -hmm. that they don't even see it as that. Nobody sees it as that.
1: They don't. But I have to say that the troop that he joined is the least like that of the troops that we went to see. Mm -hmm. The ones that go camping almost every freaking weekend, they are very, very binary and entrenched in it.
0: Oh, that's interesting that you see that with your troop less, but it's it's still there.
1: It, It is.
0: Now, with camping and being in close quarters with other adults and other male adults, do you have any concerns last time you went admittedly four years ago? Back then you were worried about like packing and changing and things like that. How, how is that working for you now? Like, where's your head at with those things?
1: I was very focused on that. um, And I think it's part of the stage of the game that I was dealing with uh-huh. But it's also having the boy running in and out of your tent,
0: and at the time he was eight, going on four, so there was much less expectation of wait, please.
1: And it was so new to me mm-hmm. to be in men's spaces as a man mm-hmm. perceived correctly. Mm-hmm. The newness was overwhelming the normal, you know, events. Yes, I, I think now I'm I'm not concerned about that pretty much at all. That's good. I'm not, I'm comfortable enough with my way of packing and, you know, when you're with the Boy Scouts and our child will be the exception, but generally you don't just stop and pee outside. (laughs) You go to the correct facility to pee. Mm -hmm. And we are at a campground. Mm -hmm. So you're not with just a bunch of guys who are going to pee everywhere. And Cub Scouts is more wild like that, Mm -hmm. you know, because you've got a kid who's all of a sudden, I have to pee. Yes. Or you might be managing them and you have to go and you can't get where you need to. Mm -hmm. But I'm comfortable with dealing with restrooms and changing and so forth. So I, I don't, I'm much more relaxed about that. So the factor that I'm relaxed about it is less likely to cause me any problem, even if there was some sort of faux pas, yes, um, it's like it's less likely to be noticed because it's not gonna phase me right, and where when we went camping last time, it was the middle of summer, this is fall, yeah, this is a fishing trip that was swimming and boating, you know, s- rowing boats mm-hmm. and so they're, you know, dealing with swimsuits and are you going to have your shirt off or so forth.
0: Mm-hmm. And your scars were very fresh then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're still, they're very noticeable. Yeah. You know, but I have a lot of other scars too. So yep. Um, I'm not as self-conscious about them
0: uh-huh.
1: in part because of time and I'm used to them and in part because I have a lot of other scars too. Right. Since then. I have more scars. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I feel my, I'm not worried about that at all. I'm I'm more focused on the things you would usually focus on for camping of, what am I forgetting and how bad will that be? Yeah. Because it's supposed to be cold. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a mountainous area there. I'm expecting there will be trees. I don't know you know, how woodsy it'll be there because it's a well-established campground, but some are more than others depending on what type of or part of a mountain you're at. Yeah. So I'm more concerned about having the things we need. Mm Mm-hmm. And not very much concerned about how my physical presence is perceived. Gotcha. I always do have the questions of, I don't tend to do very much. I mean, I wouldn't even be on this trip if I didn't just have to babysit my child. Right. I would let him go.
0: And by the way, I would like to say, just point out right now that that's a very dad thing to say, babysit your child.
1: Yes, I, I guess it, I guess it is. I don't recognize it as that because I know my child
0: I. I and he know, needs babysitting. And you know That what you say by babysitting is what, you know, a lot of dads use that term to mean parenting, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I have to be in charge of my kids today. I'm babysitting. No, you're being a fucking dad.
1: But you, on the other hand... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's funny to me because for you, no, it literally is babysitting.
1: Yeah, I would never...
0: You have to guard the baby parts of his brain from the teenage parts of his brain and vice versa.
1: Right. And I wouldn't say that in front of other people. No. Because he would be offended if he heard it and mm-hmm. so forth. But to me, I know that's what I'm doing. Right. I'm making sure he doesn't bother everybody else mm-hmm. while he's having his camping trip. Yes. And they all seem to appreciate
0: it. Yeah. That's why they said you need to be there. Because well, they also said that, know that he needs babysitting.
1: Well, they've said that on any outing. Yes. Uh, where some of the other dads, they take turns or there's a couple of them that try to go Like they're more in leader roles, so they try to go most of the time Mm -hmm. on whatever bigger outing like this. Right. And they don't always go on all the smaller outings. Mm -hmm. So I do find myself looking at them sometimes thinking, am I supposed to do something and what is it? And if I don't, am I the lazy dad? Or is it just obvious that my child wears me out and they're glad it's me and they're not me? Or?
0: (laughs) I think there's a little of that because... In a lot of situations, we have both had other parents acknowledge to us that our child must be exhausting. People see that.
1: One of my co-workers, only hearing me talk to him on the phone today, I was saying something like, no, you may not watch Netflix, but you should do your homework. Yes. Started laughing. And then when I was off the phone, said to me, I am so glad I am not you.
0: (laughs) And, and they they don't yes. know they don't
1: even know them half of it.
0: No, they don't. But I mean, I think other parents do acknowledge that when we are accompanying this child somewhere, that it is a more time and energy intensive endeavor than neurotypical children's parents attending them somewhere and being able to attend the group as well as their child.
1: Right. So we'll see what happens. We will. Yeah.
0: I don't think you'll find more hummingbirds.
1: I don't remember the hummingbirds.
0: You told me that there were hummingbirds at the last camp out four years ago. It was a whole thing that there was a hummingbird story.
1: I'm sure there were. (laughs) I believe... You like
0: birds, and so it was a big thing for you. you to see the hummingbirds. Okay, well... I don't know.
1: I don't either. I do remember seeing some other bird that was very different, because when you're in a different area, you do see different flying creatures. Um... Certainly, the you know about gendery things though. Certainly, the uh, retrieving the fishing pole Mm -hmm. from the uh, older guy today. Mm -hmm. I was expected to come and see this, and his wife just sat there and looked at us like, I don't know why you guys do these things. Mm -hmm. I think she even said that. Mm -hmm. She said, "This is a lot of work for catching a fish."
0: (laughs) Yep, that's funny. Yeah, and especially since you don't even eat fish.
1: When I told her, I said. I'm glad, you know, I told him too, I said, I'm glad you're showing me because I haven't fished a lot. My father did, but I did not because I don't really care to eat fish. I might've gotten used to it if I ate more fresh fish, Uh but it's just, I don't think, oh, let me have fish now. Yeah.
0: Whereas I don't like cooked fish. I don't mind sushi, but once it's cooked, it sets my tongue I I understand
1: it's supposed to be good for me.
0: Yeah. I take fish oil. I'd
1: rather have a cheeseburger. Yeah. So... (laughs) Um, whereas the boy, he loves it.
0: Oh yeah. He loves fish. Both, both of these tweens do.
1: Yeah. They'll eat like even that nasty,
0: nasty fish fingers. Yeah. Like,
1: but they wouldn't eat it with custard. (laughs) Well, he might. True.
0: He might. He might.
1: (laughs) Okay. So the other thing is I did bring my own little tent to the Cub Scout thing, Mm -hmm. but it was pouring rain and I was better off in the tent that was up on the platform. There was a big canvas tent. It's not supposed to rain. I do have a small tent. I have a new tarp. It's a new, the tent is new, but it's from a couple of years ago at the end of summer clearance. Mm-hmm. And I bought it because it was so darn cheap at the time. Right. And uh, it's been in the garage. So I have a nice clean space. I hope I don't have to share it. hmm <laughs> Yeah. I I will put it up regardless of if I end up sleeping in it or if I end up sleeping in a car. Because it could be in the middle of the night that he goes in the tent or now that I think it more likely he'll just go wherever I am.
0: Right. That is true.
1: So I'll have to be prepared. But he will
0: try and go sleep with friends if they will let him.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's usually what they do. And it's like a big sleepover and he'll sleep all the way home, I'm sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Which will be a nice drive home for you.
1: Nice and quiet. Just the way I like. Yay. I actually, how we were talking at the beginning about telling him things and him responding the other day when he was so out of control about something, it was when we were going to Boy Scout meeting the other week. Mm -hmm. I said to him, I want you to be quiet all the way there. Do not say things. Do not move around and make noises. But I just... But I... No sounds should come from you. You're making me mad just like he
0: does. (laughs) I know. I know. You could tell. I was trying to help set the scene.
1: I said, if you don't, I will turn around and we go back. We will not go to the meeting where they're planning the camping.
0: Uh Do you
1: understand me? And he shut up.
0: And and you told him, do you understand me? Don't say yes. Nod your head.
1: Yeah. And he nodded his head. (laughs) He did. He did. It was great. And I thought, there's no way he can do it. But if I can get him to do it enough that he thinks he's doing it, I'm okay with that. But the, the, he he was quiet. So about two or three blocks into my drive, I was like, oh, this is so great. Did he fall asleep? He didn't. He was just sitting there quiet. And I thought... Wow. Oh, I love it when it's quiet. <laughs> that's so great! I'm so happy for you. And I've had to tell him to stop talking a lot lately, and he's actually managed to try, mm-hmm. like this morning and yesterday when it yesterday when it was late.
0: He's he's been pushing for boundaries a lot lately, and I think a lot of it has to do with some other situations that we'll talk about in a, another couple weeks. But
1: it also has to do with he's just himself.
0: Yes, that's true. And he's true. that guy. He is that guy. But, you know, he, he needs those boundaries and you've been setting them for him. And he has been responding much better than I would have ever expected.
1: Yeah, he has had some meltdowns, but you, you were helping me the other day. You said you've been thinking about this a lot. And you said, um, I had to, basically, I had my, my parenting hat crammed down my head a little too hard.
0: And you needed to take it off and put on your therapist hat.
1: Yeah. And then I would go less crazy dealing with him. Has it worked? It has. It's going to take more practice to remember in each situation, oh, wait a second. My head is hurting. (laughs) Let me change hats here. (laughs) Because it's been a while. And and I do think, like I should, his parent, my child needs to stop doing that and I Mm -hmm. need to make him stop.
0: Yes. That is your job as his parent.
1: And then if I really want to get it done, then I have to switch hats and say, how do I trick him into it? (laughs) And make him think it was a good idea, mm-hmm. and then praise him for doing it himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: so there we go. Good luck. Not only is this parenting thing way more, like, certainly time-consuming than my parents ever spent on parenting. Mm-hmm. Of course, they didn't really parent, so maybe that doesn't There's, count. Yeah. Um, or tiring than I could have imagined. Mm-hmm. But it's way more like magic and tricks than I realized.
0: Redirection and sleight of hand and a little bit of mild psychological warfare. Yes.
1: (laughs) Which I only tell you about after they go to bed.
0: Yes. And our friends here in the microphone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think yesterday I was telling you, you know those chips that she left out?
0: That number three had left out. And yes. And you said,
1: Oh, so shocking, surprising. I said, Well, I said if I have to put them away, you might not find them.
0: And you pointed out two or three different things that you mm. had to put away for these kids that are in completely wrong places that they will never find them.
1: They will never find.
0: I love you.
1: Thank you. Some of them are right in front of their faces, but they, but they, still they can't will find, find it, things. No? So it was very easy. When you said sleight of hand, I thought, Yeah, the potato chips under the dish towel in the fruit bowl. They'll never find it.
0: Nope. Yeah. So good luck camping.
1: Oh, thank you. I need it. I know. Same. I don't even know if there's phone signal there. Oh, you know, some, yikes. Some little mountain lake areas don't have them. Yes, so. if
0: you're in a lake basin, you might not have cell service. Yeah. You're correct. Yeah. Good luck.
1: I'm not really worried signal. about it. Yeah. Um, my job is to...
0: Keep your kid from burning anything down or making himself unwelcome.
1: The latter part is probably harder. Mm-hmm. But
0: is that it then?
1: That is it. Outside? Right.
0: Yeah, sounded like something going spring, like a door stopper. Then you I pluck didn't. it and it goes springing.
1: I didn't hear that sound.
0: I heard a sound.
1: Like I heard that. a muffler.
0: I did not hear a
1: muffler. <laughs> a muffler, mostly muffling.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. That that would be when you hear the muffler is when it's not when you when you <laughs> anyway
1: that. This is not what we're podcasting about. You are correct. (laughs) Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. No. (laughs) Good night. You you tricked me. (laughs)
0: You did. Nine years and running. (laughs) Bob, are you being helpful?
1: He's so helpful. Oh, ever so helpful. Like a toddler is helpful. Depends on which toddler. Fair. (laughs) All right. So go ahead.
0: Hi, I'm Jess. Are you sure you got the right pleeple?
1: No, we are sure that they do not have the right pleeple. Which is what you call them, right? Pleeple. Pleeple. (laughs) I guess I didn't put enough digits in there. I need to talk louder, I'm sure.
0: Yes, and not clear your throat in the direction of the microphone. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) We're tired. So... (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha ha!